You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. about a topic that I have been reflecting on a lot lately, and that is alone time. So um, if you've been following along on social media, you might have seen that I spent Christmas alone. Uh, Well, not really alone. I was with my puppy Mimi, Um, but I was supposed to go home for the holidays to Portland, Oregon, but because of the massive snowstorms, lots of wind, lots of ice, and like below, below freezing in New York City, my flight was canceled and there were literally no flights going out of the city until like December 27th. Um, So I ended up spending Christmas alone in the city with Mimi. Um, Henry was home for the holidays in Europe and so it was just me and Mimi. And I was honestly really sad about it at first because I did grow up Jesuit Catholic. So for my family, like Christmas is not only like family time and really meaningful, but like For my mom especially, it is spiritual and really symbolic of a lot of things. And um, I've spent every single Christmas with my family uh, no matter what. And so I was very, very um, nervous about it, not only from the standpoint of wanting to be at home, but also because I historically have hated alone time, like been so deeply afraid of alone time. And so while I celebrate being alone in like afternoons or for like a couple of nights, being alone, like for you know three three to five nights, but also over the holidays when I kind of attribute it to so much family time was really nerve wracking to me. But I ended up having such a splendid time. Mimi and I went to the dog run multiple times a day. We were walking around um, and I just did a lot of baking and cooking, things that I don't normally have a lot of time to explore or get out of my comfort zone with. But the nature of being at home and trying to really, you know, uphold the promise I made to my therapist of trying not to do so much work over the holiday break. I was spending time just doing things that I had like some sort of gut inclination to try out. So I did end up baking. Me and Mimi worked on, you know, turning around and her 
new tricks and uh, we did some training at home. We went on lots and lots of walks and um, I was just baking so much for the doorman. I cannot understate that um, or overstate that. So it, it was such a beautiful time and I honestly didn't mind it at all. And uh, I eventually made it home for Christmas on the 27th. Um, so again, like it, I feel very fortunate to have been able to spend it with the family uh, in general and spend New Year's with them. But I think because I enjoyed it so much and I had so many friends reaching out, apologizing and saying they felt so bad for me being home alone for the, for the holidays, I have really been reflecting on just like how much progress I've made about enjoying alone time. Because it used to be a running joke within my friend group in high school that Nadia hated being alone and could not be alone. And Nadia did not like alone time. Um, or any sort of quiet time. And I think a lot of this comes from, I think being, you know, my childhood as most things do, um, having my childhood be one that was chaotic and filled with a lot of time with other people. I think growing up in New York, you're always surrounded by so much chaos. And as the oldest of three sisters, if I was ever alone or like without my parents, it was like the type of alone where I'm also with my siblings. Um, and so for me, I just don't think I ever spent a lot of time alone. Um, if I were ever separated from my sisters, it would be because I was at school or I was in, enrolled in many, many extracurriculars growing up in the city, but also like even when we went to Portland, my mom was always really big on extracurriculars because she was working and we needed to be occupied. So for me, I just don't think I ever had a chance to be alone and get used to that. Um, I think it also comes from the fact that my mom had me really young when she was like 23 or 24, where I was like the first kid she ever babysat. So she was a very hands-on parent, I think as a result of a lot of that anxiety of trying to make sure that I was okay and distracted and my mind, my, you know, my mind was developing. Um, and so she kind of reflects now on not really fostering like quiet time or, uh, you know, just serenity in my, in my childhood. And I think that really sticks with me now. And, you know, as I've gone through my mental health journey of gaining more knowledge and even uh, vocabulary to describe how my like trauma and mental health affects me now, I think naturally because I didn't like alone time, um, I also love distraction and I love activities. I love to-do lists. I love things that can help me take my mind off of things that I don't want to experience or don't want to think about. So as I started to experience more anxiety and depression and, you know, PTSD flashbacks or being in unhealthy relationships as I got older, um, the first place I turned to when, you know, those darker thoughts would come into my mind were just, okay, I'm going to occupy, occupy, occupy myself. I'm going to get my headspace in a mode where I can't think about those unpleasant things. I'm just going to distract myself with other people, um, high adrenaline, performance. And so for me, I always had a very packed schedule. And I think it was partially due to the fact that I like being busy. But I think a big part of it was distracting myself and occupying myself so much that I was never alone with my thoughts. And in the qu few quiet moments that I would have in high school, especially, when there were alone, quiet times, that's when I would have really, really dark moments where um, I would kind of be left alone with my thoughts and start really contemplating things that 
involved self-harm or involved, you know, some sort of dark suicidal ideation and a lot of feelings of guilt and anxiety um, and different, just different emotions that I can now categorize as, you know, several symptoms of borderline personality disorder. But again, for me, I think like it was it was just a very natural part of my mental health journey of not having alone time growing up, you know, experiencing that I don't like being alone because I don't like being left with my thoughts. And not only do I not like it, I'm scared of it. And it, it, it makes me worried about what I am going to do with myself. And um, I'm just gonna name a good friend of mine that I had in high school, Jack who I feel like Jack is, uh, we had, we were very different in many ways. I think I always looked up to my friend Jack, who uh, was very carefree and loved going on walks for no reason and loved reading poetry because, you know, it just helped him be more reflective. And he would always say like, oh, I, I think I'm not going to come hang out tonight because I'm just going to like go home and like be alone and like do my art or I'm just going to be thinking and it always confused me so much and I would kind of make fun of him like, but like, don't you want company? Like, that's so sad. Like, why would you ever want to be alone? And he would always kind of turn back to me and be like, wait, you don't like being alone? Like, that's so sad for you. Like, what kind of, you know, inner peace do you have? He didn't say inner peace, but like, cut paraphrasing, like, it's so sad that you don't like alone time. Like, does it mean you don't like yourself? And I'd be like, uh, maybe. Um... But again, I, I think this is all kind of ironic at the same time because I was avoiding alone time. Well, at the same time, like, I think I am much more naturally an introvert. Like, I get exhausted by spending lots of social time. So for me, like, even if I was alone, I, I would be occupying myself with emails, phone calls, you know, work things. So even alone time to me wasn't like being in my own body by myself. It was like distraction, distraction, distraction. Um, I'm just gonna occupy my mind entirely. Um, and so like for me, again, I, I think that for, I never, I, I didn't have any sort of self-awareness in high school and even like in the early years of my college where I thought, oh, this is probably something I should work on. Like it is an issue that I don't like being alone or it's an issue that I can't just sit with myself and not think. I think like freshman year of college is what, after I went through like this really, really devastating breakup with my um, high school ex, that's when I think I started to really see the dangers of like the extreme of me not like liking being alone um, because there, there, I feel like there were like nine months that went by where um, like between my freshman and sophomore year of college where I would journal about how every time I closed my laptop or like I tried to go to sleep, I would just cry or I would just start to have a panic attack or um, I, you know, I would just kind of freak the fuck out. And I read my journals now and I think that's when I really started to become uh, aware of like this is an issue. Like it's an issue that I basically have insomnia and I cannot go to sleep because I'm so terrified of being alone. I don't want to close my eyes. Um, and I'm just going to work and work and work and distract myself until I pass out like from exhaustion. And, you know, I think at the same time, like you, you, you know, I see in my career, like around the same time, I kind of impulsively decided to run for office, um, which is a decision I don't, I wouldn't say I regret, but I definitely think I, I wish I would have thought a lot more before I had done it. 
Um, but I think that I, I look at my career at that point where I was doing that, I was like really, really hustling like to an unhealthy extent to like grow this organization that I was working on. I suddenly decided to write a book and I told all the publishers, yeah, I could totally have it done in like three months. Give me three months. I'll write a whole book. Like, I think I was just over committing so much because I was avoiding having any chance that I would be left alone with my thoughts. And that was you know, in that, I think that reflected in my career, it reflected in my social life where I, you know, spent a lot of time with a couple friends uh, at Harvard where we would stay up all night, pull all-nighters together. We would go eat every meal at the dining hall together. Um, and so I think that for me, like, when I look at my social life and even my professional life as a result of just this, this desperation to avoid any sort of quiet, reflective time, it, it really be kind of manifested in this girl bossing too close to the sun where it was like running away from all these dark things instead of running towards like something positive and beautiful. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. And it's hard for me to admit this because... You know, when it comes especially to my career, I don't want to say that that's my, that is not, I will say that that is not like my primary why of why I'm ambitious or why I do things. I think I am, and I know I am very genuinely passionate about what I do. But if I'm being very honest with myself, I also know that like 
that kind of desperation, PTSD, fight or flight mode, like distract, distract, distract. Um, I think that way of thinking is very much a result of, you know, some, some unaddressed things and uh, emotions and memories and mental health challenges at the time. And, um, you know, I think I'm, I'm very proud of the things that I accomplished, you know, throughout college. But I also reflect um, and try to be really self-aware about all the mistakes that I made and all the things that I wish I would have done differently at the same time. And um, I think I, when I think of like my, let's see, 18 to 20 year old self who was starting to really like, really struggle with any sort of quiet time, I just feel a lot of like pity for her. And I just want to give her a hug and be like, girl, you need to sleep and calm down and like love that we're passionate and we're accomplishing things and it's so amazing but like I was just draining my cup and of like life and energy and so all of this kind of comes to like a major blockage when um, I did end up going to residential treatment um, when I was uh, 22 years old um, and that was like in 2020 and I've talked a lot about this and as you can tell probably from the episodes where I have talked about residential treatment like while I did not want to be there in the first place and I was really embarrassed that I needed that it does mark like the inflection point of so many different parts of my mental health just progress and developments and I think alone time is a huge part of that because I end up in residential treatment, by the way, in like June 2020 at the height of a global pandemic. And, you know, usually in rehab situations, um, or at least the one that I was at, there are different activities. And some of those activities for um, smaller places could include like, oh, they're going to chaperone everybody and they're going to go to like a park or to the beach or they're going to go to a movie. Um, and it's just meant to get people kind of to not feel like they're celled up in like, uh, like a jail or something, but like have it be like, oh, this is, re you know, rehabilitative and things like that. But because it was during COVID, we didn't do any of that. It was very much like, we're going to stay in and we're going to watch movies here. And, um, they were very strict about COVID testing and like how many people they were taking on at once. Um, and so for me, like I basically end up in this COVID bubble um, in residential treatment with like three other people at one point, like five other people at one point, like never more than six at one time. And I've talked about this a bit before in past episodes, but basically was stuck in this one place. And uh, for like four weeks of it, I was the only girl. Like I was the only girl there um, and everybody else there were like cis men, cis white men, by the way. Um, the majority of them being like staunch Trump supporters, like people who are so politically different from me that I had never experienced that way of thinking. And at the same point, it's summer of 2020, like presidential election craze. And so I'm stuck there with people that I would never otherwise associate myself with or hang out with. And so that leads me to have a lot of alone time. At the same time, like my laptop was essentially confiscated. Um, you know, I could work out a lot. So I did a lot of working out. I got really fit. I lost like quite a bit of weight when I was there because I was just like doing yoga and working out for like an hour a day because like, again, I was trying to distract myself, I think, but like I didn't have work to turn to. So I was like, work out. And then I was like painting and crocheting for hours at a time in the evenings. Um, and so 
for me, I was really pushed to do alone time. Um, but again, like without work to turn to, like even reflecting, like I was naturally finding ways to distract myself. So I was like crocheting until my hands hurt, painting until I was sick of painting animals, listening to audiobooks until I just got a headache and realized I was kind of tuning it out. Like, and I think after several weeks of doing that, of just trying to take my increased amount of alone time and distract, and at the same time being in therapy for like eight fucking hours a day, I think I finally got to a point where I was like, okay, like what does it actually look like to be quiet in this moment? And like, maybe I just do look out at this view or I take a quick pause from crocheting and watching TV at the same time and I just crochet. Or um, instead of listening to an audiobook on 1.5x speed, I listen to, listen to it on 1.2x speed. So I have room for my thoughts in between paragraphs and I, I again like I think it, it sounds kind of crazy to say out loud but like I think it really was this like slow wading into the water of being okay with being alone and being okay being left with my thoughts and doing so much concentrated therapy work at the same time where I was really reflecting on and asking myself questions about like why am I so uncomfortable being alone and like why is it that the confusion about if I have a career to go back to after being discharged, like, why does that terrify me so much? And is that, you know, terrifying feeling coming from a place of I will not be able to do the work that I love to do? Or is it coming from a place of what is my worth and like, what am I left with? Um, and so, you know, it was it was a lot of work. It was like probably one of the harder things, more emotionally exhausting things that I've done. But I really attribute you know, the year of 2020, also global pandemic, I think everybody was spending a lot more alone time. as like a huge inflection point where I started to not only be okay with alone time and quiet time, but like f I kind of left rehab like fully in embracing it and kind of being, feeling like I had a lot more energy because I wasn't performing constantly for people that I didn't know or, you know, didn't trust and I think that my life afterwards really changed in terms of kind of recognizing that where I fill my cup and get more energy is from that alone time where I can, you know, yes, maybe be catching up on emails, but can also be like cleaning my apartment or, you know, doing a longer night routine or taking care of my, you know, my, my teeth and things like that. And so again, I think like it was slow wading into it, but I think just with the holiday Christmas and this experience of like being alone for Christmas and spending like days on at a, at a time alone just with my dog doing things like fucking baking and reading a book and crocheting a sweater for my dog like I just reflect on that and I was telling Henry like no I actually really enjoyed it and it's just it it, it, it is something that I really recognize as a big marker of progress because Nadia three years ago would be so terrified to spend that much of time alone. And even if I were able to get through it and do lots of work and try to write another book or record many, many more podcasts in that time, I wasn't really obsessing over or thinking about productivity. I was just kind of like being in that moment and like doing things that I just wanted to do that had nothing to do with my work. And um, I'm really proud of that because I just like, it, I've come so far in terms of being okay with that. And I think to other people, it might not seem like a big deal, but like, 
it feels like a really big deal. And, uh, you know, a, a large uh, resolution of mine for 2022, um, no, 2023, oh my gosh, of 2023 is to like really celebrate those moments. Um, I think it's also ironic that uh, I say all this while, you know, talking about alone time alone in my living room, but on a podcast that is like, you know, is considered work and like talking to people, right? Like that's where it's like, I'm not an extreme introvert. Like I like spending time alone, but I like connecting with people. So I don't mind lots of Zoom calls. I love making content. And I think people see my content and they're like, no way you're an introvert. I'm like, yeah, but I love making content and think about it. I'm like alone by myself with a, with a camera. So for me, I'm alone, but I'm like able to connect with other people through what I'm creating, like from my heart and from the values that I have and in the message that I do care about. Like, I think that that's kind of where I found the sweet spot of feeling like I'm really in community with people, but also like really letting myself just create beautiful things when I'm on my own. Um, so here's to 2023, a big year of lots of creation, lots of, you know, lots of healing, but um, I think a lot of just like exploration because I feel like I, I'm turning 25 in, in a couple months, which is so crazy, um, trying to prevent any sort of quarter life crisis. Um, I'm turning 25 in a couple months and I feel like because my inflection point of like being cool with alone time and, you know, structured space to just like reflect because that started just a couple years ago, I feel like I'm just at the beginning of learning so much about myself and about the world. And um, so I hope to do a lot of travel. I hope to do a lot more things like this. Like, again, Tigris has been such a wonderful outlet where I can just really force myself to not run away from my thoughts, but just like be in my thoughts and verbalize them and share with others and be in community about these sort of thoughts and reflections together. So I'm really thankful to all of you who listen to Tigris and I'm always so touched when I get messages from people who say that the things that I'm sharing resonate with them and um, I love hearing from other people so please be in touch tell me what you want to hear about um, questions like uh, or things that you push back on um, yeah and with love I will see you next Wednesday and hopefully every Wednesday after that with another episode of Tigris which you can stream anywhere you listen to your podcast bye y'all you know how to book flights and hotels all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive that's why you need viator book guided tours excursions and more in one place there are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from so you can find something for everyone and viator offers free cancellation and 24 7 customer support for worry free travel download the viator app now and use code viator 10 for 10 percent off your first booking in the app find travel experiences for you do more with viator you know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.